Hello and welcome to The Nook, a podcast of the Elizabethtown Church of God. As you may know, we have begun as a church looking at the book of First Peter. It's actually a letter that Peter, the apostle of Jesus, wrote to people all over the place in modern-day Turkey. They were people that were dispersed in all these different cities all around the place, and it was this call to remember the hope that we have in Jesus, no matter where we are at or what we are doing, that all of us have been given this hope. And I want to talk about that a little bit more today. I mean, first, let's talk about Peter, because I love talking about Peter, because Peter is, this is some of the stuff that I've talked about in our large gathering, but I think this was so good, I've got to repeat it here. And so, if you've heard this already, I apologize. No, no, I don't apologize. Actually, I take that back. I'm happy you're hearing it again, because maybe it'll sink in. And I just like talking about it. Well, anyway, Peter. Love Peter, because... He is a mixed bag. He gets a bunch of stuff wrong, and he gets a bunch of stuff right. And I just feel like I identify with Peter a whole lot. You know, there's some moments where you're just like, yeah, got this. I mean, he preached one of the first sermons. God worked through him amazingly, and 3,000 people from his talking came to faith. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. Yet he's the same person that denied Christ pretty much on the cross three times. If that isn't just a crazy mixed bag, I don't know what is. So I find inspiration from Peter that God has even used faulty and messed up people like Peter, well, then he can use faulty and messed up people like me. And maybe you too. Maybe you identify that. Well, Peter, I, I, so there's an underlying thing that he starts off in this first chapter. There's this underlying idea of death and grief and loss and trials. And he keeps repeating this phrase, and he uses the same language throughout the book about things perishing or spoiling or fading. And really, that's what death or and grief is, is when something you know, perishes or spoils or fades, right? Something is lost. You know, think about colors fading. Well, the color is lost. The food has spoiled. Perished means, you know, it's dead. It has perished. That's why we say that language sometimes instead of someone died, they perished. And so we have this underlying Note of this is happening in the world around us. But then we see that Jesus, he has also died. Jesus' death, he was in a human embodiment and he died. But the great news is that this death, this one death, has then once and for all defeated death from here on out. Uh, Isn't that beautiful? This one death has defeated everything. I like how Romans 6 says it. It says that death no longer has 
mastery over him. It is not the master. He is the master. So it's a beautiful thing. But it still begs the question, well, then why do we still die? Why do our human bodies still die? This is a good question. Because Jesus' death did defeat death. Death's power is gone. It does not have the final say or the final control. But the thing is, is God's plan isn't done yet. So death is still present. Death's power is gone, but it is still present among us. And that leads us to this next part. God's plan, his purpose, this journey that we are on. Peter uses this language, though now for a little while, showing that there is time that is has to pass. Because God's plan and purpose is still, it's still undergoing. It's still happening. And this, knowing that we are in this time, that leads us to this thing we call hope. And it's not just any hope, but it's literally a living hope. It's alive. It has life. And now, this is going to be an interesting connection, but it, I think it plays out good. I'm going to turn to the book of Jude. Hey, Jude. I'm not going to na-na-na-na on you, but did you know there's a book named Jude? It's right before Revelation. It's the next to last book. It's a single page. It's written by Jude. We think this is John's little brother. So it would be a ha- like a half-brother to Jesus, maybe? And no doubt, knowing that, that Jude and Peter would have encountered each other. I, I have to believe that. I don't know that for certain. I, I haven't studied it in depth or anything, but I have no doubt that they, they cross paths at some time, and their message is very similar. So I know if even if they didn't cross paths, they were in the same circles talking about the same things. And so in Jude... Verse 20, it says, Dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, remember, Peter says, Hey, be holy. As I, you know, he's that call back to being holy. He says, Keep yourselves in love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We wait for this mercy from Jesus for eternal life. And if we go back to 1 Peter, what does he say? In his great mercy, Jesus has given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus defeated death. He rose again. And out of that, we receive new life. We receive new birth just as Jesus came back to life. And it's not just another lifetime, right? We don't get just another 80, 90 years. No, this is eternal life, an ongoing, never-ending 
existence. It's beautiful. And it's all because of God's great mercy. He has gifted it to us when we definitely don't deserve it. Now, Peter concludes sort of this thought, and I think uh, in her house churches, how the time lays out, it went, by the time you're hearing this, when it debuts, you should be talking about that sort of in the same time frame. But he ends the middle of this chapter 2, this section, um, in verse 10, 9 and 10. He's talking about people being the chosen priesthood, the chosen people, the royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And he says, you once were not a people. You weren't, you weren't a group. You weren't all together. You weren't part of God's family. But now you are the people of God. You are a part of this. Once you had not received that mercy, but now you have received the mercy. The mercy that he talks about right back there in, in verse 3 of chapter 1. The great mercy that he has given to us. So it's this full circle thought about the mercy that we are going to receive that we are receiving, that we will receive. It's a, we receive it now, and we receive it then. We go from death to life. We go from not received mercy to receiving mercy. And that this is a living hope. Hope meaning we have expectation, full, complete trust in what is said will happen. This giving of mercy, great mercy, abundant mercy, but it comes through death to life. So what I want us to do, take some time and ask yourself, what can we put to death? What can we remove? put to death in our life that will allow us to receive more mercy from God and that we can step more into that eternal life. It's not just going to be the moment that we die, but we can step more into eternal life each and new day that we have been given. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, pick up your cross, put things to death in your life. You need to put things to to death. So, what can we put to death so that we can receive life? That we can receive more mercy and that we can have this living hope that eternal life can be seen more and more every moment, every day, every week, every month, every every hour, every decade, every moment that we have, we can receive and step into it more. So take time to think about that this week and take some time to continue to read through the book of 1 Peter and we'll talk more in our next episode. Take care, my friends.